Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Bloomberg Audio Studios. Podcasts, radio, news. This is the Bloomberg Daybreak Europe podcast available every morning on Apple, Spotify or wherever you listen. It's Thursday, the 29th of February in London. I'm Caroline Hepke. And I'm Stephen Carroll. Coming up today, the US Supreme Court agrees to rule on Donald Trump's bid for immunity. Reports say the SEC is investigating whether OpenAI misled investors. Plus, how would you do as Chancellor? Bloomberg's new online budget game lets you make the tax and spending decisions. Let's start with a roundup of our top stories. The US Supreme Court has agreed to rule on Donald Trump's bid for immunity from criminal prosecution over interference in the 2020 election. The decision raises the prospect that any trial of the former president could face a long delay, potentially until after the November election. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has the story. This case will involve the potential immunity from criminal prosecution and will be historic. It will determine whether Trump will stand trial for the 2020 election interference charges. The ruling also puts on hold the Washington, D.C. election interference trial, which was due to start next week. Trump has been pushing to put off any trials until after the election. The court says it will hear arguments the week of April 22nd. When the court will rule as a question, though, it usually hands down its decisions at the end of its term in late June. But it could expedite things. Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Radio. Now, more U.S. politics. The veteran politician Mitch McConnell is stepping down after leading Senate Republicans for more than 17 years. The decision sets up a fierce succession battle that will be driven by fealty to the party's presidential frontrunner, Donald Trump. McConnell and Trump have long had a difficult relationship, but the animosity grew after McConnell blamed the former president for the January 6th insurrection. Uh, Republican Tennessee Senator Bill Haggerty shared his thoughts on McConnell's time in office with Bloomberg. Leader McConnell's had a great, long career here in the United States Senate, the longest serving leader, as you mentioned, and he's got a lot to point to. If you think about his success during the Trump administration, seating three Supreme Court justices, his impact on the federal judiciary will be longstanding and very positive for the nation. And he's come to the decision that uh, the time has come to change. I uh, appreciate that, appreciate his leadership. And we will sort through um, the leadership of our conference here in short order. And you can hear that full interview with Senator Bill Haggerty on Bloomberg's Balance of Power podcast. McConnell, who is up for re-election in 2026, says that he does not intend to retire from the Senate uh, at the end of the year. 
While congressional leaders, meanwhile, have reached a last-minute deal to avoid a US government shutdown, setting up a clash with Republican hardliners. Lawmakers agreed to fund the government until later in March to give them time to negotiate. Congressman Ralph Norman sits in the hard-right Freedom Caucus. He condemned the deal on Bloomberg's Balance of Power programme. Well, we haven't seen the text of the bills yet. The minibuses are an insult to the American people. We've just gotten back from over a week's uh, out of session, out of Washington, D.C. American people deserve better than this. You wouldn't run a peanut stand over how Congress is trying to do the national budget. The South Carolina took a shutdown with many investors assuming Congress would once again reach a last-minute deal. Now to other news, the Securities and Exchange Commission is reportedly investigating whether open AI investors were misled. The Wall Street Journal says that the US regulator is studying internal communications by CEO Sam Altman in relation to the board's decision to oust him from the post back in November. At the time, the board said that Altman hadn't been consistently candid in his communications, but a few days later, OpenAI announced that it had reached an agreement for him to return as CEO alongside an overhauled board. Three Federal Reserve officials say the rate path depends on incoming economic data. It comes as bond traders have fully unwound their bets on the Fed lowering rates by more than 75 basis points this year. Boston Fed President Susan Collins says don't expect a specific fixed schedule. As policymakers carefully assess the evolving data and outlook, I do want to see more evidence of that sustained trajectory. Um, And consistent with uh, projections from FOMC participants, I do believe it'll be appropriate to begin easing policy later this year. And when that happens, a methodical forward-looking approach to gradually reducing rates should provide the necessary flexibility. Collins was joined by the New York Fed's John Williams and Atlanta's Raphael Bostic in expressing fears that this economic cycle is different. Futures markets have priced in a probable rate cut in June with almost no chance of a reduction next month. Now to the UK. Jeremy Hunt has looked into scrapping Britain's non-DOM tax status in the coming budget. The Chancellor is wargaming ways to find cash to fund his pre-election tax cuts. Bloomberg's James Wilcock has more. Bloomberg has learned the Chancellor is weighing scrapping a scheme that lets people avoid paying tax on their overseas earnings. Getting rid of non-DOM status would help raise money for what he hopes are election-winning tax cuts. There's only one issue. Labour have been campaigning on it for years. He won't follow Labour's plan to scrap non-DOM status. Instead, we've got an NHS staffing crisis. Too weak to take on his party, too weak to take on vested interests. Keir Starmer there speaking in Rishi Sunak's first month of government. Hunt himself said he was worried that removing the status would drive non-doms away from Britain back then. Has his tight fiscal situation changed his mind? In London, James Wilcock, Bloomberg Radio. And the gender pay gap has widened in the UK, according to new figures from PwC. Men now earn 14.5% more than women, a slight increase from last year. On average, women earn 90 pence for every pound earned by a man of a similar professional background, according to the Women in Work Index. That means the UK has slipped from 13th to 17th place in global equality pay rankings, the largest annual fall of any of the 33 OECD countries measured. The gender pay gap also worsens with age. Women between 46 and 65 experience more than twice the hit of women under 30 as a consequence of the motherhood penalty.
In a moment, we'll get more on those latest US political stories and how it could affect the presidential election later this year. Plus, Bloomberg's new budget game in the UK. <laughs> could you crash the economy? We'll find out in a couple of minutes, um, Caroline. But another story that caught her eye this morning um, about Rolex sales topping $10 billion for the oh. first time, according to a report from Morgan Stanley. Yeah, uh, Morgan Stanley, because of course Rolex doesn't disclose its uh, individual annual sales. But yes, they managed to sell 1.24 million watches in 2023. And when you look at the lovely bar chart in the story on the terminal, uh, it just shows you uh, how much um, Rolex watches sort of trump all the others. They are by far the kind of biggest luxury name in the watch, uh, yeah, in the watch three, industry from three Switzerland. Times the sales of Cartier estimated. So in, in Swiss francs, 10.1 billion for Rolex, 3.1 billion for Cartier mm-hmm. and Omega, Audemars Piquet and the others, uh, or Piquet rather, fall lower down the list as well. So they were dominating the market by so much. Yeah, on the other hand, uh, the other end of the scale, do you remember the moon swatch? Two million of those sold oh. in 2023. That's more my budget. <laughs> Okay, well, let's turn to the latest US political news now and that Supreme Court decision to hear arguments on Donald Trump's immunity from prosecution uh, over interference in the 2020 election. Our senior editor, Bill Ferries, joins us now for more on this story. Bill, the Supreme Court is going to hear this case, but later than the special counsel had hoped. What does this mean then for Donald Trump's election prospects? Right. The special counsel had been hoping for a March hearing and uh, and a decision in, you know, within a matter of weeks after that so they could get the case going. With the Supreme Court not taking it up till late April, it's really not clear how quickly they will rule. They would often put out their rulings in June. That just starts pushing the calendar awfully close to the November election. Uh, Donald Trump, of course, has argued that uh, any decision on this case should uh, take place after the election. And uh, if he just happens to win the November vote uh, in by January of next year, he would actually be in position to have federal prosecutors just drop the case. So it's very interesting timing. Uh, we still need to see how this plays out. Uh, the Supreme Court could certainly decide to issue their ruling more quickly. It's not the only Trump case they have at this point. Of course, they're also uh, they've already had a hearing on whether Donald Trump can be removed from the ballot in the Arizona Republican primary. That's something a uh, decision could come out on that within weeks as well. So two cases for the former president before the Supreme Court at this point. There could actually be more by the end of the year. Mm. Uh, on a state by state basis, Donald Trump has also been taken off the ballot in Illinois. How does that add to the legal challenges? Well, you're right. It's the third state uh, so far where these lawsuits have been brought, who has ruled, which has ruled that uh, Donald Trump needs to be removed from the ballot. The reality is that I think that case we mentioned where the Supreme Court uh, had a hearing on Arizona's decision to do the same thing, the ruling that the Supreme Court uh, puts out in that case will likely cover uh, Illinois. It will likely cover Maine. Those are the two other states that have now gone in this direction. Uh, the other kind of strange reality of U.S. politics is that Donald Trump could still become the Republican nominee, even if his name never appears on the ballots of those three states. Uh, we have Super Tuesday next uh, next week, March 5th. Uh, he is expected to do quite well there. He could uh, secure or come very close to securing the nomination in one day next week. Uh, So at another level, these rulings uh, may not be the deciding factor, but there's certainly interest on his side in, in making sure there's no precedent of kicking people off primary ballots.
Okay, so that's the presidential race, a different uh, political race beginning in Washington now. Mitch McConnell has announced he's stepping down as Republican leader in the Senate at the next election. Talk us through who's in line to replace him. Well, right now we know three people named John who have all said that they're interested in going for that top job. Uh, Senators John Barrasso, John Thune and John Cornyn. Uh, There will likely be other people who uh, put feelers out or announce formally that they're interested uh, in becoming the Senate majority leader or Senate uh, Republican leader. Uh, But uh, the big shift here is that Senator McConnell had been uh, had had very testy relationship with Trump and certain issues. Uh, he had been seen as maybe one of the highest profile opponents of Trump uh, in key areas. Uh, he will be gone, and the leadership that's coming up behind him is almost entirely uh, supportive of Donald Trump. So far, the people we know who are likely to run have all endorsed him. Uh, and then you throw that, you look over on the House side, you have the, the new House Speaker, Mike Johnson. He endorsed Donald Trump uh, really within hours of becoming the speaker. So it shows the grip, I think, that the former president has. He always had this core base of supporters um, out out in the country. He now has almost the entire leadership uh, in Washington on the Republican side as well. Yeah, absolutely. So that's Mitch McConnell, a Republican from Kentucky, uh, 82. In terms of other news, though, more generally, and this is perhaps a bit more positive, um, a fresh government shutdown has actually been averted. Yeah, that's right. They've uh, lawmakers, a bipartisan group met earlier this week with uh, Joe Biden. They've decided to uh, a deadline that really had been Friday at midnight got uh, pushed back a week. A second deadline that had been uh, set up for next week got pushed back another week as well. Uh, the the lawmakers seem to have some confidence that they can start getting these spending bills passed. They face a really hard deadline in late April when if they don't pass a budget. Uh, mandatory uh, cuts start to come in that uh, neither party is really interested. That would include cuts to uh, the defense, the Pentagon budget, uh, the State Department budget, other key areas. So it's it's a sign of progress. Um, I, I feel like we've had this, uh, we've been here before. I wouldn't be surprised if we end up in a situation where we're having another, uh, another effort to kind of kick the can down the road a few weeks before they get resolution on this. Okay, plenty to monitor in US politics today. Bill Ferries, thank you so much for taking us through all of those stories. That's our senior editor, Bill Ferries. The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Well, now here in the UK, the Chancellor Jeremy Hunt will deliver his budget next week. A crunch moment for the Conservative Party as they seek a poll boost ahead of a general election expected later this year. But what would you do? 
if you were in his shoes? Well, you can try your hand by playing Bloomberg's new budget game, which is now live on Bloomberg.com. Your aim is to win over voters with your tax and spending choices, but of course, without crashing the markets. Joining us now to discuss this and uh, the wider points are UK government reporter Joe Mays, uh, who came up with the game. How does the game work? Well, yeah, as you say, Caroline, you have to respect that constraint you have as chancellor, which is you have limited funds before a budget and you have to spend your funds wisely. You have choices around income tax, national insurance, all the big things that Jeremy Hunt has to decide. And then once you've made your choices, you will get a result. Have you crashed the markets or have you indeed satisfied your MPs and voters? Uh, it, it's a tricky game, I must say. You, when, when making it, I realised how many paths do end in uh, a tricky situation for the chancellor. So, um, yeah, it's, it, it's a tough one. It's like a choose-your-own-adventure, but with quite serious consequences. Uh, Joe, what was the thinking behind then coming up with this way of of explaining the dilemmas facing the Chancellor? Well, I think that a budget is quite hard to explain in terms of the constraints a Chancellor faces and trying to understand how much money you really have and how much money the different options cost. And having it in that game format, we felt really kind of brought it to life and made it real for people and really showed you the pressure you face when having to make those choices in a way that kind of a written article probably cannot do. So that's why we thought it'd be great to, to have it in this way. I love it. It's the gamification of everything. Apparently two of our producers have already crashed and failed. I was very proud of myself because I, I, I had a go yesterday and I actually did manage to did balance, balance it out. But I mean, the, well the problem done. is is that you, uh, well, I mean, I, I'm clear, whether or <laughs> not I win an election on the back of it is a, is a whole different um, debate. I mean, this is, of course, all leading up to the budget on, on March the 6th. What do do we know? And actually, you've been reporting this morning as well about one of the measures that the, the Chancellor is considering. And this is around non-DOM tax status, something that originally was a Labour idea to scrap the, the, the special status for people who have income coming from outside the UK. Yes, I mean, the big picture is Jeremy Hunt simply doesn't have as much money as he would like to do giveaways that would help the Conservative Party uh, going into the election. And therefore, he's looking at measures such as scrapping that London tax status, which could raise some money. Mm. We'll have to see what he does with those final choices. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, your morning brief on the stories making news from London to Wall Street and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed every morning on Apple, Spotify and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning on London DAB Radio, the Bloomberg Business app and Bloomberg.com. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. I'm Caroline Hepke. And I'm Stephen Carroll. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day, right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. Join Bloomberg in San Francisco or virtually on May 7th for The Future Investor, Data-Powered Transformations. This 2024 event series will examine how data is not only playing a pivotal role in investment decisions, but serves as a driving force behind the construction of innovative, investable enterprises. This series is proudly sponsored by Invesco QQQ. Register at BloombergLive.com slash FutureInvestor slash radio.